0: Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Well,
1: it's just after 8 o'clock in the beautiful city of Seattle and its environs coming to you live from the Esperance Media Center. We are Drive Time Radio. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes. Wake your friends up and come to get on the pipe here and, uh, Listen to uh, an hour of horsepower, the best automotive show in the world. Well, okay. Maybe the best automotive show in Seattle. I don't even know if that's true. But listen, we get together. We do it. We have some fun. Nathan and I get together at 8 o'clock every Saturday morning to try to bring you, uh, you know, a good time around cars and uh, a little conversation, a little talk, a little music. We'll have our uh, drive time, uh, Saturday morning cartoon coming up later in the show we love this I I just think this is you know I I get up every Saturday morning to listen to it Uh, like I used to do with the cartoons when I was a kid this week we want to spread a little love a little car love in the world and on the cartoon we'll do exactly that And if if you're my age or I think if you're any age really uh, you already know what the cartoon is Uh, when you talk about love and you talk about cars it's only one place your head goes right all right Well, most of us, I don't know. Also, we're gonna spend some time talking electrics this morning uh, with Dustin Krauss of Volkswagen. He is the man in charge of their electric mobility and uh, everything that they're doing that's electric. You know, Volkswagen, um, many years ago, uh, made some sins with the diesel. We all know about that. Well, I think to atone for those sins, Uh, They have uh, moved in the electric direction and are doing a fine job at it. We'll go over the ID 4 with him uh, coming up here in just a couple of seconds. We have all of that and more coming up for you. We'll review the Honda CRV hybrid as well. The big electric news this week was general motors and they introduced the Hummer and the crab walk. Everybody is talking about the crab walk and it's uh, just the ability of the truck to move over rough terrain in kind of a sideways manner to get you out of different um, situations uh, you may come up to, you may find yourself in off-road. So this is what everybody's talking about in the business. Uh, I'm sure that by next week, there'll be a dance called the crab walk, where you'll see a crab, you know, people that own them own the crab. So that's the big news that came out of uh, that uh, electric world this week. All right, we have a pack show for you. And oh, yes, uh, Jim Corzolani is going to join us from Forbes magazine. We'll find out if your car is on the uh, 2020 stolen car list. Uh, You know, and I'm wondering if cars, stolen cars, are up or down because of the whole COVID situation. Um, You know, are people out stealing more cars? Is your car on the list? So we'll get to that quickly here. Let's do the um, uh, Yo Vinny. Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? I'm glad you asked, Nathan. (laughs) You don't lose nothing on Nathan, do you? Uh, This week, I'm going to tell you something. I am blown away by what I'm driving this week. Absolutely blown away. The Genesis uh, G90 5.0. Now, you know, you're thinking Hyundai, Genesis, ah, you know, a little small cars, blah, 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 but, you know, Genesis broke out a few years ago into their own brand. And I'm going to tell you something. If you're out there, you're going to buy an Audi, you're going to buy a Mercedes, you're going to buy uh, a Cadillac, you're going to buy any luxury car. You want to go look at this one as well. Uh, it 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 sits right there with everything else. It does everything all the other ones do. It um, Now, it doesn't have the... The the, the exact feel of a Mercedes, but you can see that they studied Mercedes, they studied Lexus, they studied uh, BMW, you know, they studied the Germans uh, in a deep, deep way, because this car has about the most Germanic feel of it, of any Asian car that I've driven. It really gives you, um, you know, there's a certain feeling to the German cars. Uh, They build them a certain way. There's a certain way that they drive the Mercedes and the Audi and uh, um, uh, um, BMWs drive differently. But there's a common denominator in all of those cars. And this one seems to be able to duplicate that, uh, whatever that DNA uh, that they put in there, uh, better or as well as any of the Japanese or other Asian brands. So it's really um, a car worth looking at. I was surprised to see. How many people have this car ranked high on their list? As a matter of fact, on some luxury car list, it ranks right under the number one, ranks number two, number three, number four on some of these lists. So that's what I'm driving this week. I can't wait to bring you a full report on it in the weeks to come. But the Genesis G90, man, uh, the 5.0, it drinks gas. But if you're buying this car, you're not worried about how much gas it's drinking. You're worried about the style and the luxury in which it's getting you there. All right, quick break here. We come back. We will spend some time with Dustin Krauss of Volkswagen. On the other end of the spectrum, the affordable family electric car, coming up here on Drive Time Radio.
0: It's Thursday night, and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed...
1: A very good Saturday morning to you here on Drive Time Radio. New York Vinny hanging out with you. If you're in Seattle, really if you're anywhere right now, uh, electric-powered cars are what's happening. It's what's happening in the automotive industry, not just here, but around the world. You see them going up charging stations all over the place, in parking garage, at the Whole Foods, um, at the PCC, all the different places where you can go get out. It's not just for weird people who are driving electric cars. Uh, It's not that way. Actually, if you look just south of us to California, you see that they're saying no more internal combustion engines in just a few years. So the electric car is coming. Uh, Whether you're a fan of it or not, you're probably going to be involved in one in the not-too-distant future. And companies are trying to get out there and get in front of this thing and present you with some really neat options. Uh, As we have seen, um, if you're a, a fan of this show, you've seen us talk about different electric cars that have come along and also the infrastructure to get them charged volkswagen has come out with uh, what i think is going to be a hit uh, with uh, their um electric powered id4 um i i guess it's a small to medium sized suv which seems to be the way a lot of these cars are going in all-wheel drive or two-wheel drive with us uh, this morning on drive time is dustin kraus he's the director of e-mobility for Volkswagen of America, and uh, I guess the point man on this vehicle. Dustin, good morning. Thank you so much for jumping on with us for a few minutes.
2: Well, thank you very much, Vinny. It's nice to be here.
1: So um, Volkswagen, from everything I've read and everything I've seen, and we were on a call last week about this, seems to be extremely excited, uh, as, as excited or maybe even more as when they rolled this little car called the Beetle out back in the late 40s.
2: Yeah, it, we really are. And, you know, you can see it as a big part of even the overall design of the car. I mean, it's got a happy face. It sort of harkens back to a different time at Volkswagen. And we think it's a, um, it's an important moment for us because, um, you know, we can bring electrification to the world, you know, really like very few can. And, uh, I think that we take that responsibi- responsibility very seriously. And, you know, we're coming out with a car that, you know, in really every dimension, is better than the competitors in the same segment. So we're excited about it. And, you know, we can't wait to share with customers. We'll talk about the car in a second, but as far as
1: the company, why is Volkswagen squaring up behind electric uh, in in such a large way? I mean, this is not the only electric vehicle that they have coming. Um, It's the one everybody's talking about right now, but over the next few years, I think we're gonna see a lot more uh, from Volkswagen in this space.
2: Yeah, certainly. So, uh, you know, I think it's pretty clear that the future is electric. And so we're, we're uh, trying to back a technology that we think can have legs for a long period of time. You know, the ICE has been good to Volkswagen and will continue to be good to Volkswagen, at least in the short term. But while we transition, I think the transition to, to EVs is pretty clear. So um, that's one, one reason. The other is I think we have the responsibility to. Obviously, uh, Volkswagen for many years has been the largest automaker in the world. We've been producing uh, ICE vehicles. And uh, you know, as the leader, uh, we are, we need to lead. Uh, and I think that's exactly what we're trying to do here uh, in a global scale, bring electrification to as many people as possible. And that really, back to your first question, is the pursuit of what Volkswagen has been so far for our entire existence, to bring mobility to the masses and to to invite them into products that uh, are fascinating and fun. And I think that's exactly what we're gonna be doing with D four.
1: Henceforth, the name of the people's car, right? exactly um what is um, i mean you can build a car that's going to look cool and and we can talk about early adapters which are people that want to get into these things fast but what is going to be the one factor in this car uh that will get people out of a gasoline engine car where they feel like oh i can get this as long as i can find the gas station i can keep going uh, and mm-hmm. into an electric car which a lot of people still go well you know it only goes 15 miles I mean I don't I don't know <laughs>
2: <laughs> well then there, there's the first thing that we can tackle is that it goes much more than 15 miles you know a, a 250 mile and more range uh, with the id4 and I think that's really the core focus of what we want to start on we we start thinking okay what's the customer stand need and then work our way back into the product from there so okay, we know what the major objections are for electric vehicles. like, kind of how far, how long, how fast does it take to charge? And then, okay, you know, I think EVs are kind of neat, but a lot of the ones that have been on the market up until now, other than maybe an except few, have been uh, either extremely expensive or they've been very odd-looking with some major compromise. So we say, okay, how do we make a car that's as attractive and desirable, uh, maybe even more so than any other product that we have? I think we've done that. How do we tackle the issue of range? And I think that you have to have, in the, you know, you need to be in the mid 200 miles of range or more, and we've hit that. You need to be at a price point that's really on par with the competitors, competitors that are out there. And our price point right now puts us at, you know, we have a $39,995 base price, but when you take uh, into account the $7,500 federal tax credit, and then in many states around uh, the U.S. to have additional credits, you really get to the same price point as what you know, a RAV4 or a CRV or even our own Tiguan costs. So when you get the price parity there, then you can really think, okay, now I can consider an EV, Tell me more. What about charging? You know, so then we think about, okay, how do we tackle this issue of charging uh, and and help someone think around that? Let's just include that for three years. So what we've done is we've included three years of fast charging with the ID4 through our DC fast charging network with uh, Electrify America. And uh, what that's going to allow for people to do is drive the car coast to coast um, with no uh, with no cost. So when you do want to go on a trip, you can charge for free across the country at any Electrify America location that's currently out there. Uh, and then, you know, what we also want to do is say, okay, you know, some of the EVs that have been out there in terms of design, you know, have been compromised in some way, mainly in, in terms of size, because you want to try to optimize your, your range, right? So that means that you, know, you haven't been able to have kind of a full-size uh, vehicle. You know, you've seen uh, some of the other products from other manufacturers out there that are a little bit smaller, more compact size. So, what we did is we wanted to have the most popular segment in America, which is this compact SUV segment, say like let's build a real car that can compete with the the, the best of the best out there. So, let's look at 0 to 60 pounds. How do we how do we do best there? Let's look at uh, interior space. Let's look at technology. Let's look at driver assistance, and really pack everything in the in the vehicle. So that when you are comparing, uh, you know, a car versus something else, and if you're on the fence for a EV, that it really becomes a no-brainer. In these particular uh,
1: electric cars, how much does the fact that you're not dealing with an internal combustion engine, uh, and we're talking to Dustin Krauss, by the way, yeah, the director of e-mobility for Volkswagen of America here on DriveTime Radio, how much does the fact that you don't have an internal combustion engine, you don't have to have a gas tank, uh, you have the batteries, but they're configurable How much does that play into what the designers are able to do with this car?
2: Well, electric cars actually are sort of the designer's dream uh, for a car because basically it's a skateboard and you can put any kind of top on that that you want. Um, So that leaves a lot of flexibility for, you know, imagination and really will be the platform that allows some of our classic designs to come back too. You may have seen that we have a concept called the ID Buzz, which is like a reincarnation of our classic uh, VW bus or yes. the Type 2. Uh, and uh, I think the only way that car could ever come back is, is as an EV, not only because of its shape and everything else, but it, it's really the only way it could work. So you really can see, you can have a lot of fun with uh, an EV platform because all the weight is right in the floor, the, floor of the battery packs right in the center of the vehicle. The motors are very small. You put them in between the wheels, so and that makes it easy, easily configurable for rear-wheel drive or all-wheel drive. And then the other advantage is when you do go all-wheel drive with an easy, you, you, you get two motors. So you're getting practically double the amount of power with those cars, too. So you'll see that really as we develop performance versions of the cars, that uh, the dual motor will be the way that you can, you can achieve a lot of performance.
1: And when you talk about the uh, power in these cars, you know, a lot of people have that misconception that you know, it's an electric car, it's going to be slow. Uh, but in the all-wheel drive version of this, uh, of the I D we're looking at 302 horsepower in the yes. um, in the two-wheel drive version. We're looking at 201 horsepower without the same weight, I would think, or without the same constrictions that you have in the uh, electric, in the uh, uh, internal combustion engine.
2: Yeah, you have some weight, obviously, with the battery pack, but it's it's in a different part of the car. You know, it's right underneath your feet uh, and it's in the centermost. So the, the cars have a real planted feel to them. They also handle extremely well. But as you said, I mean, the, the horsepower there is quite good. You know, really, as you get over 300 horsepower. And the thing that you'll notice as you drive an electric car for the first time, or if you have four, you have instant torque. It's like really instant up. So the minute you put your foot down on the accelerator pedal, you feel the car go uh, immediately. There's no hesitation. There's no winding up. There's no revving. It just goes. So I think that's going to be the thing that people really uh, – I think that attracts a lot of people to EVs because once you really drive something that way, it's, you don't want to go back because it's just so effortless in the way that the car uh, accelerates.
1: Will there be drawbacks in the beginning that will be correctable, or, or is it something that you look at that say, well, you know, when we put this thing out on the street, it's going to be ready to go? Obviously, that's what Volkswagen going to do, but – Will will people if, if problems are found with these cars, let's say, will they be able to update these cars easier than if they go out and buy an average gasoline engine car?
2: Well, we're working um, day and night on new software for the car that will allow for all of those type of things. Almost think of it more similarly to an iPhone than you would a car in terms of you know the brain behind the vehicle that makes it go. So over there, over there, updates and constant up, upgradability are things that we want to bring into the product. And, and a lot of the desire for that is to continue to improve it uh, as time goes on so that, you know, it doesn't have to be every model year I've got to say, oh, I wish I would have waited for the next model year. You don't have to wait anymore. Those improvements that we can make by software, um, we can push out to every owner out there. So if we find ways to, you know, um, a better navigation to charging stage, other, I mean, it could be a million different things. Uh, we can actually bring those features right into every car. And we think that's, that's particularly a, a great customer value and something that's going to, uh, you know, allow customers to really evolve with their vehicle too, uh, which I think will be appreciated.
1: Now, one of the coolest things I saw when I was going through all of the uh, of the information on the car you had in the presentation was um, uh, the, uh, the the gas pedal and the uh brake pedal will no longer be the gas pedal and the brake pedal because you're not using gas so you don't need a gas pedal anymore. how how are they configured in this car
2: yeah in the car that i showed you uh when we talked last time there was a pause play but uh play uh pedal and uh that's because you know you don't have a gas pedal anymore you have an accelerator and we think of that as kind of the play pedal and then when you push on the brake that's pausing the car experience so and going from there and of course we're also um integrating all of our latest driver assistance suite into the car standard. So uh, when you feel you don't want to use either of those things, you'll be able to use your driver assistance. Um,
1: So there'll be a lot of uh, things uh, that you learn about this car uh, as you, as you drive it, as you got to look at it,
2: that'll be a little unexpected, but I would think kind of fun to learn, right? Absolutely. Um, You know, I, I think that's the really the core of what we were trying to accomplish with the vehicle is to make it very fun and fresh and new But familiar in a lot of ways, too, because we know that people are going to have to, uh, you know, have to learn a few new things when they move to uh, an EV from an ICE. Uh, And when they do that, we want to try to make that transition as simple as possible. So that's why we did those things, like included the charging. Said, hey, you're worried about charging. Don't worry. It's included uh, for when you're on the road, Uh, you know, and if. You know, you think that the EVs that are on the market right now might be just a little too small for you. This isn't small at all. It's the same size as as the heart of the segment, of the biggest segment in the U.S. right now. So really we tried to take all of those things that we thought, all the folks on the fence that were thinking about buying an EV, which was keeping them from doing it, and solve each one of those kind of categorically. Uh, And I think we've done it with the product. Uh, I think you see that in the response of um, what people are saying about it. And now we just got to bring it home and, and get it into the roads of the, of the U.S. and have people driving it.
1: And what's it going to cost me a month to drive this car? A month? Yeah. yeah. Well, if I, if I want to lease it, I want to make a payment, how much are we looking at to uh, to get into one of these?
2: Our, our entry lease payment is $379 a month. Now, keep in mind that with that, $379 does not include the amount of savings that you're going to have in gas. Right. I think most people are going to save at probably minimum of about $50 a month in gas. So, you know, you're easily looking at a low 300, high 200 payment for a $40,000 car. And when you compare that to the rest of the, the market that's out there, I think that, that favors uh, quite well for cars that are even much less expensive. And the way that we're able to do that is because of some of the incentives that are out there in the market for EVs. And uh, we're in a good position because we have many of those incentives still remaining uh, that can take customers really in the next few years uh, in buying our product.
1: I have a boat that i want to go to the lake every weekend, uh, but you can't do that in an electric car, can you?
2: Are you gonna? Okay, so where are you driving to? You're, you're, where are you at now? You're in the in the.
1: I'm in Seattle. I'm at my house. I'm going to go to the lake. Maybe it's 60 miles up uh, up the pass.
2: Well, that's not hard at all. You think you've got uh, you know, about a 250 mile range, so you could do that even just if you charge the car fully before you leave. But of course, we have that included Electrify America package that means that we can find that charger that kind of connects that path and maybe either on your way up or on the way down you can plug it in uh while you're coming back just like you would with gas and that charge takes about 30 minutes and is completely free so if you think about the trip that you're taking in your car now if it's an ICE, and what you're paying for gas you can take that out completely the other thing that we do is we do include the car with what we call a cottage cable so when you do go up to your cottage or another place that uh You know, you may not have charging, and it will allow you to plug in the car in a normal 110-volt outlet like you plug in your cell phone. And that doesn't charge particularly fast, but you're mostly charging the car when you're sleeping. So overnight while you sleep, you might be able to recapture 40 or 50 miles. And you said the the trip only took you about 60. So you can recapture about all of the mileage that you took from your trip uh, just in that one-night charge, even with that cottage cable that we include with the vehicle.
1: And, and I was surprised at the towing totally capacity on this car at 2,700 pounds.
2: Yeah, yeah. We've got that's with the all wheel drive variant. The rear wheel drive does 2,200, but still quite good, uh, you know, and right in line with what the other competitors uh, do in the segment, if not a little better. So, you know, comparing, uh, comparing that, uh, you know, again, we want to be categorically, uh, if not better, as, at least on par with all the competitors that are out there. At, in a product that's compelling and also electric, you know.
1: Dustin, when can I when can I get one? How how soon? I want to drive one across country. I want to be the first guy to drive across country on these. When can I get one?
2: Well, right now we've already started taking uh, reservations. We've had thousands of people raise their hands and actually put money down on reserving an ID four, and you can do that at VW.com. Uh, and uh, put your name on the list for one now. So I t- should tell you to do that so you could be one of the first. Uh, and if you were to put a reservation in now, uh, you could expect to see uh, your car, depending on the version that you get, a first edition sometime in Q1 of next year, uh, and then a, a standard pro edition, uh, which will be coming out mid-next.
1: So it's here. I mean, it's not like we're, we're, we're putting money on the, on the future. I mean, that the future in, in electric cars with Volkswagen is really, it's here today. It's here and it's now and it's ready to go
2: yeah i think we're gonna maybe we'll have something to celebrate in 2021 after we get out of this horrible 2020 year and we'll be able to do it in a new electric car from
1: us now one final question for you I, i've noticed in the electric cars and the hybrids that i've driven that there's a uh, a sound that each one makes everybody's got a little bit of a a different sound have you decided yet on the sound that this car is going to make because electric cars now have to carry some kind of sound with them so you know they're coming
2: we do have a, a, an auditory, you know, sort of response that people can hear uh, when we're driving the car under 25 miles per hour. Uh, it's hard for me to explain to you, but I think what the best thing to do is we get these cars in the dealerships right around the end of this year, first part of next year. The best thing is for you and all of your listeners to come in and test drive one and you could hear it yourself.
1: I can't plug, like, a Van Halen or a Springsteen into it so I can have, like, Bruce emanating Not yet, from never the never car. Through,
2: through future software updates, maybe we'll, we'll allow that to be user-customizable. Uh, you never know. I like that.
1: Hey, Dustin, thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes to uh, talk to the audience about this fascinating technology. And I know that Volkswagen is doing um, all they can to get in front of this and to uh, present what, what looks like, it's going to be a very popular car here in the Northwest. I can't wait to see uh, to get into one and to also see people driving them around on the street, which is the you know the true test when the consumers get into them. Uh, stay safe. Thank you for joining us on Drive Time. I really appreciate it. Thanks,
2: Vinny. It was my pleasure. I look forward to
1: getting you in a car. Thanks, Dustin Grouse with us here, the director of e-mobility for Volkswagen of America. It's Drive Time Radio. Stick around. We got a Saturday morning cartoon coming up next right here on Drive Time.
3: If you're searching for that perfect gift for the college-bound kit in your life, the Car Care Council suggests putting together a roadside emergency kit. An inexpensive roadside kit is easy to assemble and could be extremely useful, maybe even a lifesaver in the event of an emergency. Of course, it's always a good idea to be prepared for the unexpected while on the road, but the best option is to avoid breakdowns and car trouble wherever possible. Performing basic maintenance and observing a regular service schedule can help avoid unforeseen road emergencies. Roadside emergency items can fit into a small duffel bag or rubber storage tote and include the following. Jumper cables, emergency flares, flashlight and batteries, blankets and extra clothes, non-perishable snacks and bottled water, first aid kit including essential medications, portable USB charger to keep the cell phone running even if the car isn't ice scraper, snow brush, and small shovel for winter driving. And finally, keep a copy of the Car Care Guide available free of charge at carcare.org. Visit the Car Care Council's website to access a number of tips and resources for vehicle maintenance, including a free custom service schedule.
0: Miss a show on KKNW? Check out 1150kknw.com for podcasts of many of our programs. That's 1150kknw.com.
1: And we are back with you here on Drive Time Radio. As we uh, head into our uh, second half hour, thank you so much to uh, Dustin Krause from Volkswagen uh, for his participation and telling us a little bit about that ID4. I think it's going to be uh, a huge, huge... um, hit for Volkswagen. Uh, but what I really think will be huge is when that, but uh, the uh, electric uh, bus uh, comes out. I think that everybody that owns a bus now is going to want to buy one of those things. All right. We continue on here. It's our time for our cartoon of the week. And I said, we had to uh, on a Saturday morning cartoon, try to spread a little love uh, in a world that needs some love right now. And what happier, I mean, if you're thinking cars, if you're thinking, um, groovy, if you're thinking uh, happy, how much happier can you get than Herbie the Love Bug? If you've seen those movies, and they all make you feel good. I watched a little documentary on the history of the Love Bug yesterday, and I felt good just watching the documentary, never mind uh, the whole mo- all of the movies, except maybe the Lindsay Lohan one, maybe not so much, but boy, you know, Dean Stockwell and Don Knotts in those movies, and Herbie the Love Bug, and he falls in love, and Herbie was all about bringing the world together. He was all about love. So I thought that this morning we would spread a little love and listen to the theme song from the great 1964 movie with the original one, Herbie the Love Bug, on the Saturday morning cartoon. There you go. Quick and easy, Herbie the Love Bug, the theme from the movie. Uh, Dean uh, Stockwell and Don Notch, great movies. Uh, and I don't know how many Herbie the Love Bugs are out there. I know for one of the movies, I think they use 14 different bugs uh, to film the movie. But they great stuff. That is our Saturday morning cartoon. Uh, because cars and music go together so well. Uh, <laughs> I mean, really, uh, when, you, when you get down to it, it's exactly... Uh, the way it goes. Cars, yeah, music. That's why they put the radios in the cars. Now every year a list is compiled of the uh the cars that are stolen the most, the cars that are uh taken. And this year a bit of a surprise on what the number one car is. Uh Jim Cousilani. Uh, is a senior contributor for Forbes magazine, writes about cars, writes about life and people who drive cars and use them, which is almost everybody. And he joins us uh, this morning on the line. Uh, Jim, good morning. How are you? Hey, doing fine,
4: Vinny. Good good to hear you. Hey,
1: thanks a lot for taking a couple of minutes to join us. Uh, As I was looking uh, through my news feed, I came upon your article and noticed an interesting thing about, you know, usually every year you see it's either the Toyota Camry or the, uh, you know, some uh, a Honda or something like that that's uh, or Ford Tempo or, you know, well Ford Tempo hasn't been stolen in a number of years. But, the um, you know, you see that that list of cars that come out this year on that list, uh, a little something different, huh?
4: Oh, yeah. This is the first year and I've been following this list that comes out. Every year it's the hot list from the National Insurance Crime Bureau of the 10 most stolen cars from the previous year. This is the first year I've been following it. The Ford F-150, a pickup truck, is the number one stolen vehicle in the country. You know, four, actually, out of the top ten are pickup trucks. Now, you know, pickup trucks are the best-selling vehicles above all in the country and have been for several years. So that's not really a big surprise. What surprised me was out of the ten, there's only one sport utility vehicle that would be the the Honda CRV. And from you know sales and everything you hear, you know SUVs are everything in the marketplace right now.
1: That's that's an interesting phenomenon because you would think that okay, let's let's consider that um, the body shops, not body shops, but the, you know the the car dismantlers put a. Uh, all right, go out, I need a, a, a CRV. I have much more demand for a nose for a CRV or a clip for this or this or that or the other thing. Um, so go out and get me one, go steal me one and it's worth some, you know, whatever it is to a car thief. You would think that those would be, you know, a number of those would be among the most popular. I mean, what do you think is, What do you think that is? Are the pickup trucks easier to steal maybe than the
4: SUVs? You know, I think it's just the parts probably are more valuable. You know, there's there's a lot of them, you know. Pickup trucks are everywhere, you know. And in, in some parts of the country, uh, sedans are still the preferred right of choice among car thieves. But you know, pickups are probably in some ways easier to steal. There's lots of parts to harvest. I don't know. I the, I don't really know the reason, other than I suspect there's just a lot of them out there, and they're worth money. You know, they, need, they take them to the chop shops. They take them apart. They uh, sell the parts to unscrupulous vendors. They sell them on the Internet. Um, You can basically get a lot of money for a car that, if you were to buy it, wouldn't be worth very much.
1: I I think it's also interesting, too, in that not only do you have the people that go and take the whole car, uh, but this has happened now to a couple of friends of mine when they've come out of the house in the morning and and their catalytic converter or uh, another piece of their car, valuable piece of their car, uh, like a computer box or something like that, is gone, just either ripped out of the car or or unbolted and taken out of the car uh, because that one piece, again, can be sold on the Internet for a phenomenal amount of money.
4: Oh, yeah, that's very common. In fact, some of these have just get so slick is to be able to, you know, Scrap the most expensive parts out of a car right on the street. Um, You know, people need to take... One of the takeaways from this is that people need to take precautions. One thing that I found interesting is that so many people have their cars stolen because they left the key in the ignition or the key fob in the cup holder. Supposedly, according to the uh, National Crime Bureau... 84,000 vehicles were taken last year just because people left a key in it. Now, every time I've written about this, I would get feedback saying, oh, come on, this is common sense. What are you talking about? But it's true. People need to be an active participant in protecting their car. I mean, car costs a lot of money. Now, on the plus side, most of the vehicles that are taken for Joyride are recovered. Now, what condition they're recovered in is another story. Mm-hmm. But it's the older cars, you know, the Honda Civic, the, uh, you know, 1997 Honda Accord, for example, the 2015 Nissan Altima. These are the ones that get dismantled and you never see again.
1: It, it's, it, it amazes me. And, you know, it, it, a, a couple, I think about two years ago, I did a story on um the uh, the people who now buy these uh, and it's, it's a popular thing to do in england where people will come home and leave their key fob by the door and they have a thing now that can pick up the rfid i guess it is signal from your key fob to your car and they can open it and drive it away outside of your house you know if you leave it in the driveway or in a parking space outside your house i mean it's so simple to to take that but now you, not only do you have to take oh. the key fob out of the car and take it with you but you have to stick it in some kind of protective sleeve because they can get into your uh, into your um uh radio signal between the fob and the car people forget
4: that those that's just a an open it's right out there in the air like anything else well you know that's another reason people seem to be having more battery problems with their cars these days because they don't realize that when you have a remote key fob, a remote starter, or a remote whatever—it's always talking to your car. And if you keep it within the car, especially, or you keep it close proximity to the car, um, it's it's using battery power. And it's, you know, this these days, when so many people are working at home and not traveling as much, um, you, you've got to keep on that car to keep it running. You know, start it up and drive it once in a while because, surprisingly, that little. Battery inside the key fob will last longer than the charge will on your big 12 volt car battery. Um, just from the conversation it's having almost continuously.
1: Talking to Jim Quasalani from Sport uh, from Forbes. Listen, to me Sport uh, Forbes magazine <laughs> about uh, uh, stolen cars. So F one fifty to Honda Civic, the Silverado, uh, the Honda Accord, the Toyota Camry, uh, particular years uh, make the top five out of this list. Is there anything else on the list, uh, that uh, the top 10, that really stuck out at you? To me, it's kind of the Nissan Altima. It's one that you don't really think about as a, a car that people steal, but yet uh, it makes the top 10, I guess, easy access, right?
4: Yeah, and you know, last year I noticed that the Nissan Altima was also on the list of uh, new cars that get most frequently stolen. I have no explanation for that. I mean, you know, your logic might tell you, hey, this new mid-engine Corvette, that's You know, theft base. You know, uh, you know, Camaro, Mustang. But, you know, it's these plain Jane cars that uh, you really got to watch out for a little more. And I think part of it is if you own a Corvette, if you own a Camaro, you probably have a good anti-theft system involved in the thing. It's like somebody with a used Honda Civic says, "Eh."
1: What is if if people want to do something additional, and I think everybody should. Uh, to um you know on, on top of the anti-theft stuff that's in a car that comes from the factory what what what's a good system what do you find in your experience uh people should do besides taking the key out of the car and the fob and and taking a garage door opener off of the sun visors as uh, many people leave them up there what what are some of the other things that people can do to um to prevent the theft of their car uh, besides just going out and getting the uh the
4: steering, uh, you know, the crook lock, the steering wheel lock. You know, there's plenty of good um, security systems on the market, and a lot of them these days will interface with your smartphone. But the biggest bang for the bus is to just have a simple kill switch installed hidden under the dashboard somewhere so that a thief could not jigger the lock and start it up. And something you mentioned about not leaving the the uh, transceiver for your garage door in the car. This is one of the growing areas of car security that people need to be worried about. is: Don't leave anything in the car that has your address as the information. Don't leave the title, the registration. Take pictures of it. Keep it on your smartphone, okay? Because if somebody were to steal your car and it had your address and your garage door opener in there, guess what? You, anything in your garage is death bait, And if you don't lock the door to your house from your garage, your whole house is in trouble. So yeah. people need to be careful. You know, it's, it's common sense and then some. It's, uh, yeah, and, you know,
1: you, you just mentioned it right there, common sense, and, I mean, obviously we're lacking that in the world these days, a lot of it, but uh, if you use it around your car, and, again, uh, you know, the thing about the garage door opener and about uh, taking the papers out of the car is so important because, uh, you know, these days, uh, you know, it's not just that people will steal, you know, go and steal your, uh, you know, your your information out of your glove compartment, but then they turn around and they sell it. And even if they don't rob your house, five days later, you get a letter that somebody took out a, you know, $200,000 loan on your house or something like that because they got your numbers off of what you keep in your car. It's all about, you know, you I mean, to paraphrase one of those commercials, you wouldn't stand out a street corner screaming out your, uh, your your credit card number. You probably don't want to leave your information um, inside the glove
4: compartment. And then one more thing is we're entering the holiday season. You go shopping, you go to the mall, put the packages in your trunk. Don't leave them in the back seat because another sex magnet. If somebody walks by and sees bags and parcels in your back seat smash grab done put it in the trunk be very careful park if it's at night park under the light you know it's, it's it's amazing and in this day and age you know we're all wearing masks we're social distancing you have to be careful with with your car as you are with yourself
1: Jim, thanks so much for jumping on, man. I really appreciate it. If you want to read more of Jim's stuff, go to Forbes.com. Uh, not just, he doesn't write, just write about stolen cars, he writes about a lot of great automotive topics. Uh, I read stuff all the time, and um, some of his stuff, matter of all the stuff is good. Some of the stuff really gives you a very unique view on automotive topics. Thanks so much for jumping on with us, Jim. Hope to talk to you again sometime soon. Uh, thanks,
4: Jenny. It was great. Take care.
1: All right, take care of yourself. Jim Gorsalani joining us here on Drive Time Radio. We come back, it's the uh, review uh, of the week. We take a look at uh, the car that uh, I drove. We talked about the one I'm driving this week. We talked about the one I drove a couple of weeks ago on a Ro- Drive Time Radio road test here on Drive Time Radio.
4: What does it take to be a Buick? takes a car as wild and wonderful as the new Buick Wildcat for 64. When you go the way of the Wildcat, people take notice. They want to know more about your car. They'll want to drive it themselves. But beware, once they get behind the wheel, it's hard to get them out. for Wildcat. It's the wildest. And above all,
0: it's a viewing. Broaden your horizons. You'll be amazed at all the topics we cover on Alternative Talk 1150.
4: Hey, tell
1: me the truth. How many other car shows do you dance to? I, mean, I know a lot of people that do these car shows. You know, do shows about cars and so on and so forth. But how many of them have a funk groove like Drive Time Radio? Huh? <laughs> Come on. Saturday morning... New York Vinny with you here hanging out on this. Uh, you know, it's interesting. It looks like, I know there's a little bit of snow up in the mountains. Uh, one part, yes, typical Seattle. If you look one way, it's, uh, you know, skies are kind of blue, gray. If you look the other way, they're kind of gray, blue. So I guess that means it's going to probably, I know they're talking about uh, rain, but um, we are, uh, I, I think here in Seattle, uh, getting right up close to winter and, um, you know, the time when you winterize your car next week, we'll spend a little time uh, talking about uh, what you got to do to winterize your car and to drive in the snow. And I know that you hear it every year, but you know what, how many people need reminders of it? How many people need to, you know, kind of remember that uh, this is what you do. This is how you drive in the snow. These are the kind of things that Uh, you have to do to, you know, to, uh, to survive in winter driving. And I mean, it's, it's simple stuff, but it's stuff that is, uh, that we need to be, I think, uh, you know, reminded of every year. It's not the wrong with that. Uh, I am here to remind you uh, exactly of that. So let us uh, continue on now to, if I, there we go. I thought I lost you for a second. Oh, man. All right, it's time now for our Drive Time Road Test of the Week. The
0: Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well,
1: not much ugly about the uh, 2020 Honda CRV Hybrid. As a matter of fact, I think this is a, a, a spectacular option for people who are loyal to people who love hondas you know uh, one of the uh, things that honda didn't have was a hybrid in this category and i think people were leaving the crv and going over to the toyota rav4 and going over to different vehicles uh that um and, and i think for honda drivers and i may be wrong on this but i've owned a honda or two and there's a certain loyalty that comes along with these vehicles. A friend of mine, more more than a few friends of mine also have had them. And there's a real um, uh, fandom that comes because they do the family car so well. Uh, The Honda CRV, the the, the regular one, the gas powered one is one of the top vehicles uh, out there when you look at the small SUVs. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, you talk about uh, that small SUV and you got Honda number one on most lists. Uh, Mazda number two because of its drivability and uh, the way it feels uh, in your hands when you're driving it. Same thing with the Honda, not as exciting as the Mazda, but the CRV serves the small family so well in so many ways between uh, interior configuration, space, um, uh, ease of of parking, ease of drivability, uh, the way it handles. Uh, it gives you enough that it, it, it serves your needs. And for many people that drive these cars, I mean, we're enthusiasts, we get in a car, we look at it, it handles like this, it goes around a corner like this. But for many people, it's, you know, safety number one, reliability number two. And Honda gives you both of those uh, in, in, in blossoms. I mean, it really does. And so people love these cars. They love the Honda CRV. Well, uh, one of the reasons, though, is they wanted to buy a hybrid. They didn't have an alternative until 2020. Now uh, they have that alternative with the Honda hybrid, the CRV hybrid. It um, it it uh, doesn't lose. One of the great things about the Honda, the hybrid, is even though it's it's been streamlined over the years, it's still tall. It still gives you a lot of headroom. There's a it's uh, the room inside the car, the seating room is is strong. Uh, it, you can put five adults in there. The seats are comfortable. Uh, they're not you know, even if you're in the back seat, it's not uh, a long drive. Isn't going to kill your back. I, I don't know. If you want to go cross country, but I'll certainly go from here to you know San Francisco in one or something like that, or here uh, you know up to Vancouver or out to Spokane. Uh, you know, long long. A uh, day trip is not going to break your back in in this car, and uh, of course, the, as far as the interior, as you would expect in the regular CRV, everything is laid out well. Maybe there's some, uh, you know, the the uh, infotainment system sometimes can be a little clunky. It takes a little bit of a learning curve there, but for the most part, it's uh, it, it's intuitive. It works well. It doesn't take your attention off the road, uh, which is, to me, the object of all of these uh, infotainment systems is to keep your mind uh, on your driving and as little of your mind on uh, looking at a map and changing a radio station or finding your favorite tune uh, as possible. And in the Honda, the infotainment system is, you know, is probably in the middle of the pack, which is about the only thing that's in the middle of the pack uh, about this car, really. And listen, as more and more people use their smartphones for these things. And you have the integration of Apple CarPlay and uh, Android uh, Auto. Less and lesser people relying on the whole infotainment system and using their smartphones for everything. And with the Honda app that's in this, that, that Honda puts out, It makes it, uh, it makes it easy. I forget the name of it off the top of my head, uh, what the uh, app is, but uh, I put it on my phone and I used it a few times. And uh, it really, it it really works well. It, um, you know, it was, it was very easy to use and um, integrated meshed with the car quite well. You could do a lot of things uh, from your smartphone with the Honda app. So uh, I, you know, it, it it passes the test there as well as far as performance uh they use two electric motors 2.0 liter four cylinder gas engine gives you 212 horsepower 232 pound feet of torque which is something that you need if you load the thing up you have a, a cvt in there it's uh, basically the same powertrain that you have in the accord hybrid uh it uses electric power to take off. You have instant torque. It goes right away. It's nice off the line. Bang, it goes. And then the gas engine kicks in. And you can also use the CRV in an EV mode in certain uh, electric only situations. You have different drive modes that give you sport, uh, it uh, gives you eco. eco- which uh, gives you the uh, fuel economy sport, gives you a little more oomph when you're driving the car. And it, um, uh, the one thing that I I did notice and liked about it has had almost seamless uh, transition between electric and gas. You don't know you're driving a hybrid if you don't look or don't advertise it or don't, you know, uh, look for it. EPA says you get 40 miles per gallon in the city, 35 on the highway. Uh, they're not at the top of the class, but again, you're driving a Honda. Uh, I don't know that any of Honda's uh, vehicles are top of the class. I think they come in a little below the top. Uh, but again, you're getting the, 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 uh, uh, the, the ride and uh, the, the feel of the Honda. Speaking about the rides, very smooth. Uh, it's, uh, the steering was, was nice, balanced. It felt good to drive, uh, not a sport car by any means, uh, but you, um, got a good confident feel with the braking. It didn't pull like sometimes the regenerative braking systems will, uh, you can also control regenerative braking by paddle shifters that are on, uh, the steering wheel. And of course the all wheel drive comes standard It has the Honda reliability, to warranty is five years, 50,000 on the powertrain, uh, eight year, 100,000 mile, or 10 year, 150,000 mile on the hybrid components, uh, depending on what is covered by the state. Uh, it's the second highest rating of acceptable for the crash test results from the IIHS. And uh, the um, it comes in four different models. I drove the hybrid touring uh, that starts at $35,950. You'll probably get you almost uh, $39,000 uh, by the time you add all the soup and the nuts and everything that you want and dessert on the menu. And uh, there are many of them around. Hands-free liftgate comes on that uh, big, uh, on that uh, um, hybrid touring. Uh, in conclusion, uh, if you, if you're a Honda person, your nirvana has been reached. You're a happy person. You're in love. Everything is coming up roses because Honda has a hybrid in the CRV and you are a happy person. So go run to your Honda dealer and uh, drive that thing around the block. If you are wanting uh, to uh, stick with a Honda, you now have a reason to in the hybrid category uh, to uh, drive one of America's most popular and best vehicles. Uh, and sticking with the nameplate that you want to be loyal to, Honda, in a nameplate where there is much loyalty. Okay, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening to our radio show, to our Facebook Live audience. I hope we entertained you as well. Nathan, thank you so much, and we will see you next Saturday morning at 8 o'clock if the Lord's willing and the creek don't rise right here on 1150 KKNW.